gentlemen, welcome to an episode of the Brothers Grimdark. After the hiatus. It's pronounced hyanus. Hyanus. <laughs> it, is, it is pronounced hyanus for those of you who are not British. Um, That's terrible. I'm going on hyanus. <laughs> yes, we were on a brief hiatus due to... I'm going to blame the warp. I think that's an umbrella clause. I think, like, literally, can anything can be blamed on the warp. That's why I'm blaming I the warp. Accidentally fact, us, shot that man. For us, there was no hiatus. We are we put this out every week, bang on time. It's just the warp has weirded time and made it wibbly, making us miss like maybe a month. No, it didn't. There is no fact. There is no. no there is no time. No one can prove that shit. Time's an illusion, man. Anyway. It's just a theory. <laughs> philosophical matters aside, which scientists will probably disagree with. Um, no, I don't think they'll disagree with time. I think they'll disagree with the philosophical matters. Anyway, um, we mentioned... Did we mention? All right, anyway. Yeah, no, we mentioned that we were going to be doing stuff with the Dark Eldar today. Yes. We're not going to do stuff with the Dark Eldar today. No, hang on. <laughs> oh. Beep, 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 beep. Is this the urgent transmission? Transmission. Set up. P E N I S. Urgent interruption to the scheduled programming. Hold the horses. Hold the dark elder. The chariots of fire here. Don't think I can sing that one without getting monumentally sued because something categoric has erupted, if you will. For those of you not in the know, categoric is a combination of catastrophic and... Stratagoric. Stratagoric. Which is a combination of meteoric and strategy. Go for the triffle. Things have coalesced. Words have coalesced as we've used them. It's cacophonic. Isn't that actually a word, though? That is. Wait, that is people mispronouncing... Cacophonic. Yeah, yeah. They say cacophonic, which if you're English means shit sounds. Because <laughs> cack is poo. Cack is indeed cack... poo. Is that German? Is cack German? Um, no, I, I, I believe Scheiße is German. I think that's shit. I think that's... Yes. Or maybe not poo. <laughs> I... Anyway, that's not the the urgent <laughs> Sorry. broadcast. The urgent broadcast. <laughs> yeah, the urgent broadcast. Armada Two has been released. It has. We knew it was releasing for some time. We just forgot about it. We just forgot about it. We didn't think about that when we told you what we were doing last time. But then we took a month in the warp. Yes. So who knows? Who knows what the rules about? Anyway. We want to interrupt because this is hot. This is right on the monkey's desk right now. I, I can see steam rising from it. It is so damn hot. Don't touch it. It'll burn. It's also poo on a monkey's desk, so you probably don't want to touch it. I never said poo. I said steam. <laughs> oh, I... Scheiße. Anyway. Oh, no. New, new moisturizer. Um, Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2 is here, and that's a mouthful. That is a filthy mouthful. <laughs> quote of the day. Just call it Bagger 2. Bagger 2. Electronic Boogaloo. I played the first. 
Did you play the first? I did not actually play the first. You did not actually play the first. <laughs> I'm glad we've established that. What's you... the first good? I would say the first was mixed. It was highly praised. There was a lot of fun stuff that went on. Like, I really like the mechanics. But the amount of depth that you had really was kind of lacking. Like, one of the main things that really just annoyed me, because I'm getting older, is when I jumped into a skirmish game, it holds back the sh capital ships. You can't get the ships of the line. You have to get, like, small cruisers oh, and yeah, light cruisers. To, and that's all probably level up. Although this does remind me there's talk of level ups and ships. We should probably explain what Battlefleet Gothic is for those Let's of them who do don't that. know. Yeah. What is Armada? Armada is like a boat, but there's many of them. Some would say a flotilla. <laughs> they would. Or others would say a blatter a battlefleet. <laughs> <laughs> a battlefleet. Battlefleet. What is Gothic? It's a language. It is also a language, but it's also a section of imperial space, as it were. The Gothic sector. Yeah. God, fucking hell, that feels awesome to what, say. What exists in the Gothic sector? I'll Gothic. give you a clue. It rhymes with pie of error. <laughs> the sky of Lera? Wrong. Citrix maledictum, motherfucker. <laughs> It's gone big. It's gone mondo. However, the first game is set before the Eye of Terror goes mondo. Yep. Uh, in the first game, you play as an Imperial commander rising through the ranks like a mighty serpent. Um, and it's going to be sort of, I think, just before the Black Crusade, the 13th Black Crusade, you know. Shit's apparently going to go down pretty soon. I didn't actually finish the first one. It was campaign. a little while before, because I playing the intro of um, Battlefleet Gothic 2, I think you're playing as the same captain in the human campaign, because there's more races and more campaigns now. And it's saying it's been like a few hundred years, I believe. Yeah, it's been a few hundred years since the guy was there. But hang on. So the first one, you just play as the Imperial Navy. What is the Imperial Navy on? What is it? Uh, it is basically all the boats and so on that is used to transport them chaps in the Imperium of Man, albeit in space. Let's just call them spaceships, shall we? <laughs> Rather than boats of the space. <laughs> boats in space. Anyway. Um, so these spaceships, if you will. Uh, the Imperial the Navy. Just to outline what the Imperial Navy is. It's just... Billions of seamen aboard some of the mightiest vessels. Like, think this. This is something that I find really awesome about the law. Is it the seamen? It's the seamen. It's the billions of seamen everywhere. You can't. You can't enter a planet without passing through a ring of seamen. God, we're gonna get banned, aren't we? Um, and then we'd have to become pirates, which would be very thematic for this episode and the Dark Elder episode. Now, what? something I... Hang on. Settle down. Something I really enjoy <laughs> about the Imperial Navy is the Imperial Guard, you know, and the Imperium Larger, if you will, is 
kind of it's less about bespoke technology you know the, the space marines are with some of their relics some of them not yeah. all of them but you know in, in old years the space marines are all about the relics in more recent years yeah it's kind of it doesn't matter it's it's a bolt gun it's a suit of armor unless it's you're the blood angels and they cost the same as hive city which is insane <laughs> it comes that i mean I'm sorry. I think we we need to keep bringing that up for just the shit kicking. To be fair, it's been like you know, like maybe six months that we brought up that goddamn bit of stupid law. It really just hurts how stupid that bit of law is. Anyway, like a hive city, like pick something reasonable. A hive city is holding billions of people. Billions. Also, there's no way that that one bolt gun somehow kills more than the equivalent. Just dropping a hive city. Yeah, I'm just dropping a hive city on them. Yeah. Yeah, just drop a hive city. It's so stupid. Anyway, th- this is a small piece of law from the Blood Angels Codex, which Alan and I absolutely hate because it's ridiculous. They say that using a bolt gun, sorry, building a bolt gun uses the same energy as creating a hive city. Energy which is was just, it cost? I think it's cost. Yeah, it, it was cost. cost. Yeah. Which might be true because it might be made of unobtainium. Unobtainium with the finest of engravings and the amount of effort making these inscribings into it and so on. And it's just not sustainable. <sighs> Imagine that. Shall we revive Reboot Gilliman this year with the magic armor of Belisarius Call? Hang on, it's not in the budget for this year. Let's let's hold on. Wait till next quarter. Let's review then. Anyway, the Imperial Navy. So the Imperial Guard is all about mass productions, billions of lives, the churning of gargantuan constructs that result in billions of deaths, billions of destroyed vehicles, all this sort of stuff. The Imperial Navy is something slightly different. The Imperial Navy is actually very powerful. And that's something I find really awesome because one thing that does kind of upset me about 40k, you know, a little bit like I know it's grimdark and that's what we're all about, but just how kind of the Imperial Guard can never achieve anything. Like they, they just die in droves until the Space Marines get there. Like, that's all they do. They just die in their billions, and then the space marines turn up. Or occasionally they get a win, or just less significant loss or something silly. That's, like, a good one for them. Whereas the Imperial Navy is very strong. I would say strong enough to suddenly challenge the space marines. Well, the thing is, the reason why the, well, the Imperial Navy is, it's larger, it just has more shit. It's also the reason why the Imperium of Man is the Imperium of Man. If there wasn't the Imperial Navy there to, you know actually hold space Xenos races will be able to contest things way easier yeah like planets which just would never get any help or assistance and like all the supply lines of the Imperium like you know there's awesome stuff where the Imperial Navy does you know convoy systems similar to the Second World War because they've got to protect their shipping from um, all these terrorists anyway so the Imperial Navy has a vast menagerie of ships, which are both ranging from very strong, sort of mass-produced, but not like a Lehman Rust, not where it's just got to be reliable and sling it out the door with some tar and some feathers on it. No, no, this thing is powerful. It's a juggernaut, heavily armed, heavily armoured, carrying thousands of men and seamen, <laughs> covering both bases there. Um, <laughs> ranging from that to the emperor class battleships which in some cases can't ever again 
and then in other out, counts. You cut out just as he said, you you can't ever again. <laughs> you can't go back ever again. Yeah, uh, I was saying that in some cases, they'll say that you can never make an Emperor-class battleship ever again. Other cases say you can make an Emperor-class battleship, but it takes like 30 years of building because they're just huge. They're so powerful. And one thing that's really awesome about the Imperial Navy is they do just completely unshackle them. And this is something awesome because ever since Horace and the Great Betrayal and the Warmaster and all this sort of stuff, they split it to the Imperial Navy, the Imperial Guard, and I can't remember the other one. And the idea being that no army could turn renegade and have access to space and land. Like, you know, it would either be a fleet with no troops or troops with no fleet. Um... And the idea was a limitation of power. But the Imperial Navy, one thing that's just so awesome to me is the fact that they are allowed much bigger and more powerful ships than the Space Marines. And that's because the Space Marines have a different function to the Imperial Navy. Whereas the Imperial, you know, the Imperial Guard are there to die in droves, awaiting the, the savior of the masculine, tightly packed Space Marines. Chiseled jawlines. Chiseled jawlines, sweat just ever so delicately bouncing off of their chests. <laughs> the Imperial Navy is the response. Did you lean in for that? No, I did not. I just emphasized with my hands, which I think somehow came through. <laughs> you walked your voice. The power of the gesture is overwhelming me. Essentially, yes. Okay. And I'm probably not conveying it, but it's such a personal thing where I love the Imperial Navy. I really love the Imperial Navy. So I picked up Battlefleet Gothic Armada because it used to be uh, like a small board game that you could play uh, with tiny little model ships. I do actually have the model ships. I just, I've never played the game. Hmm. Uh, chiefly because it's out of production now. I don't know if they're going to bring it back for a limited run. That was a bit of a rumor. Hasn't seemed to have come true yet. Don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, they have done the one with the Titans. So maybe. Yep, yep. Adeptus Titanicus. There we yeah, go. That, that's the <laughs> I was one. struggling so hard with that <laughs> name. I was like, it's what, a game what I is keep, it? <laughs> it's a game I keep looking at and going, I really kind of want to play it. Well, hang on but... a minute. Let's, let's stay with Battleflate for yeah, a second. Titanicus another day. Titanicus another day. Because the board game looked super interesting to me. I don't think it appealed to you, did it, Alan? You don't really like those ship... I, yeah, like... It's they're usually a hard sell for me. Like I, I need to play more of that Star Wars one. But um Yes. Star Wars Armada is a game that I do have and I really enjoy. That's great. I'm guessing it's the same people, or at least a similar team, seeing as there's Star Wars Armada and then the I actually don't know. I th think Armada is the only thing, but they are quite similar games. So if you played Star Wars Armada, Battlefleet Gothic is Similar. I would say back in its day, it was far more complicated, though. Far more complicated. Yeah. It's true GW fashion. So I picked up the first game. Very, very excited because I love the Imperial Navy. Um, very mechanically solid. But the amount of actual material you had, you know, you had four playable factions, which to me, you know, it's... I'm going to say I'm not too happy about that, given that it's 40k. Like StarCraft... As you said before, there's only three factions, but it's brilliantly done. Mm. Whereas GW and uh, whatever it's called, Warhammer, you know, it's all about all <laughs> the, the factions. Yeah, that hobby. Why is it? 
it's, it's about all the, the factions. And when you only have access to four, it's a bit... And then they released the other ones as DLC. Again, I, you know, I'm not a fan of that. It puts me off. And I never actually finished the main campaign because another issue it had is that you progressed very, very slowly with your fleet. Mm. Um, because I wanted to go straight to the capital ships because I got an absolute fiesta in my trousers for big ships. <laughs> like, it, it's just awesome. And one thing to also mention about the first game is that it nailed, it nailed the sounds and the feel of the ship. Like I said, the mechanics is all there. So when you had two ships colliding, it, you know, it, it sounds really right. Like it, it sounds right, it feels right. I mean, yes, you, there's, there's the fact that uh, the ships colliding in space wouldn't make noise because there's, you know... But fuck you, this is 40k. But this is 40k, so you hear a bizarre, muffled, huge, crashing explosion because it's 40 fucking k and it's more awesome that way. Yeah. It's so fucking metal, it can hear screams in space. If there's... <laughs> if any of you check out the um, optional podcast animated Battlefleet Gothic clip we just have Total Biscuit ranting about how they perfectly get the tone right and how it is just this gorgeously, wonderfully metal thing. It's fucking amazing. Go check that out. <laughs> if, if we haven't sold you on the idea of these games, go check that out. Yeah, it's so damn sweet. Um, so the first one, you know, I would say it's probably worth in English money. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Discord's just derped for some reason. Um... In real money, in real English pound sterling, I would say it was probably worth about 20 quid. It's 20 pounds. Because it is also, uh, they're very pretty games. Like all very the ships are games. very well detailed and look really damn good. And I'm going to say 20 quid because I feel gameplay wise, it's probably worth 10. Damn. Just because of the lack of like depth and you really got to grind to get to the the ships and another problem that it has which i think is a limitation of them staying true to the um to the source material is that the fleets okay so the ships move differently they have different characteristics like orc ships uh can move in straight lines but are less maneuverable um sorry they can move fast in straight lines <laughs> they can turn and, <laughs> yeah so they move fast in straight lines um they don't have shields but they're very very tough uh they're good at boarding and then Imperial ships have shields and just good all-rounders, really good, good guns. Elder are absolute bullshit. They are so the broken. Sorry? Were they in the first until the DLC? In the first one, they were cacophonically broken. But weren't they because... DLC? No, no, no. They're in the, they they're in the base. Oh, and wow. basically, all the online games, because there were two game modes. There was campaign, or there was versus uh, another player in just like a skirmish, which, which could either be AI... Or a player and you always picked ai because players always without fail picked eldar because eldar had this fucking great idea that the faster they went or if they maintained high speed should i say uh they had like an effective dodging uh percentage of like 75 percent jesus and this don't forget that this this is a game similar to 40k we are still you know working on averages and percentages and all that sort of stuff you're trying to hit them they get a 75 percent build rate and i think they had like your um you know success rate after that 
So of the 25% that could hit them, you would then have to get your success. So if you had a 60% chance, it'd be 60% of 25%. Oh. And they were fast, and they were agile, and they could just stay out of range and just shoot you for days. And yeah, so every online game was just Tau, and it really sucked. But you're, you're, you, know, you're so, just, you were just saying Eldar. I, sorry, Eldar, Eldar. Because <laughs> then, the then what happened <laughs> is Tau were then introduced as the DLC race, and then completely just shat on everyone because they were amazing um and again they, they really nailed the aesthetics like all the dlc races looked great no complaints there but it was like power creep and you paid for it and it wasn't like really added any more content it just added different ships to play with like it you're still playing extra... the same it added an extra faction to kill you yeah and like basically if you played the vanilla game which i had you know, you weren't going to win. I mean, if you were very, very talented, you could. Maybe. But if uh, your opponent is equally talented, you are at a massive disadvantage. Yeah, because they're just better. Anyway, so the first game was... It, it, it was sweet because, uh, you know, it gave you that real insight into 40k, and it did feel like a 40k game. Mm. You know, sometimes you pick up a 40k game, like Dawn of War 3, and you're like, what is this garbage? We've had for quite a while a lot of 40k games that haven't felt right, or they clearly aren't that high quality. Because yeah. generally the high watermark is um, Dawn of War Dark Crusade, which we've banged on about before, and we'll bang on about again, because it, it gets the feel, oh. it gets all the factions it has. Dawn of War 2 is also pretty damn fantastic. I prefer Dark Crusade. I think a lot of people do. But Dawn of War 2 is still fantastic. But since then... I I prefer Dark Crusade as well. Just going to throw my hat there. Yeah. And since then, we haven't really had a 40k... 40... 40k... A 40k game of that same kind of calibre, which really understands the setting and the races and gets the themes right. And it, it just feels right. And Battlefleet Gothic was the sort of first one since then to do that. In a good while. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of subtlety to it. I don't think it's just, you know, shredding an electric guitar while blowing shit up, you know. that That's great. That's great. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's that real 40k feel, which I can't quite put into words, but we all know what it is when we feel it. A lot, a lot of it is like the voice acting as well. Oh, yeah. The first one did also have an issue, just going to point it out now. Voice acting was good, not going to lie, it was good. But there was a big problem where they would just repeat voice lines all the time. It'd be like, tactical cogitators activated. Tactical cogitators activated. Tactical cogitators activated. I mean, it's like, okay. Of, same is true of Dark Crusade, but at least Dark Crusade's voice lines were fucking mental. <laughs> they were mental and that made it really funny. <laughs> when they were just screaming. We are the destroyer! You're yeah, going but... up against the Lehman Russ, you're going to die. But all right, I appreciate the enthusiasm. I've probably heard each of those voice lines in the thousands. Yeah. And they still don't bother me. They charm me to hear. All right, go um, play Dark Crusade. That's what we've learned. Go play Dark Crusade. That's what we've learned. So Battlefield Gothic 2. Yes. The sequel. The one, the, that happened, the one that happened like this last week. I am very excited. I've been playing it when I can. Yeah. And I'm having an absolute ball. I basically, earlier today, I was like, oh, you know, I, I should play a little bit more of it because I've only played like 
I played like maybe an hour or two. That's it. Look at it. I've got like six hours in it. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. I've had a lot more fun apparently than I thought because I've been, you know, two hours, sorry, six hours felt like two. It's, um, it's good. It's very, very good. It's very, very good. And it keeps the solid mechanics from the first one, but it throws in a whole mess of races. I.e., well, I saw one review say, it has all the races in 40k, which went I way in going, well, actually. Uh... <laughs> well, what about the squats? <laughs> it's never going to have them. <laughs> well, it hasn't got the Sisters of Battle, so you haven't got all the factions, have you? I mean, Gene Steeler cults are weirdly present through Tyranids. Very strangely. Yeah. Because it's one of their, like, faction campaign moves, is they can infest systems with uh, Gene Steeler cults. Which is awesome, but I've had zero success with it. Like, I don't know what it does. Like, if I infest it, if I don't infest it, it doesn't seem to make a difference. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm guessing it'd be, like, uh, over time it get lowers the defenses or something. Yeah, it's meant to affect like morale, and then eventually you're meant to just be able to take over the planet with the infestation without having to move any ships there, which is great for some places because you have like different, uh, you know, different uh, planets, different, sorry, difficult to get to. How about, okay, if we give like a quick outline of the three campaigns, then outline the races and maybe potential play styles? Let's do it. Yeah. That's a quick cut, by the way. Okay, so um, there's three campaigns in the game. The Imperium, the Tyranids, and the Necrons. And I've played a little bit of the Imperium one, and I meant to start the Necron one, but I was sadly busy. Basically, how they play out is that you'll have a sort of large Galaxy Conquest-style map. With the goal of taking over that bit of the galaxy. Building up your fleet over time and expanding here, taking places, doing that sort of shit and building up defences in places that you want to defend. It's all pretty cool, and I'd say it works. I, I think it's good. I don't think it's like a great uh, 4X-style game, but it's definitely a good one. It's not bad. I would say it's functional. Mm. I, I it's, <laughs> That's it's, really <laughs> insulting. But, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't tickle my pickle. Um, but I'm having fun while doing it. I do realise that it's just like... It kind of feels like it's just an animation to cover what you're doing. Yeah, it because, feels... <laughs> I mean, so far the computer AI hasn't really done anything to me. I've just been the aggressor. It also and... feels, honestly, like we could have just had a set camp. Because they do have some missions which are sort of set big missions, like, oh, here's an exciting thing. It feels like we could Those, have just had them. Those are very fun. I do no, like that. They're, they're very good. It feels like we could have just had a campaign instead of this. But, I mean, this way we get more content, and that's not really a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't harm anyone having this strange system. Yeah. Uh, there's also, like, a little bit of, like, galaxy planning, like, a little bit of sector planning. Or, sorry, solar system planning, um, where you can, like, choose what to do in different places, like, build, like, mines or spaceports. A or, mine. A mine. And all that sort of stuff. Which is grand. I think it might even come into its own, which I don't think they will, if they introduce like a four-way campaign. And then that way, like having fleets and resources would actually kind of have meaning because you then have like aggressors and all that sort of stuff. Like I've read people playing the hard difficulty because I haven't 
played enough myself to be confident enough to play hard because I'm struggling on medium, not this gonna game, lie. This game does actually do difficulty well. It's yeah. It's not a cakewalk. It, it does not and I've been actually quite surprised with the AI in the game mm. as well. Like I think I can't remember if it was no no no. I'm not gonna say it was the first one, but I've definitely played a game very similar to Battlefleet Gothic Armada. Bubafica where the AI would just kind of like, it doesn't matter who they play, and you get this quite often with strategy games, to be honest. It doesn't matter who they play, they play the exact same way with any faction. Take like a Total War game. You know, missile troops do X, melee troops do Y. That's it. In, um, in the first mission, after like the prologue, in the, the first mission of the Imperial campaign, there's a bit where you have your, your main sort of campaign ship being piloted by, well, not piloted, but your your leader man is at the helm. And it's like, oh, for the first bit, we'll uh, get you to kill this Chaos ship. And I approached the Chaos ship at a slightly wrong angle. This Chaos ship was smaller and faster than me and just stayed in like my back, the back arc of my ship for like a good two minutes. And I'm there like trying to awkwardly reposition to get him at a point where I can actually gun him down. It's like, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, this is a small, pathetic ship. But the AI has just gone, now it'll just be a bit of a fucking pain with it. And it was the most galling thing. Because I knew I, I knew I fucked up. I knew I mismanaged it. it. It wasn't too many. It was close to like a minute. But even then, it was still just well done AI. You managed to take advantage of the fact I fucked up. Yeah, it's very cool. And at the minute where I am with my campaign is I'm playing Tyranids. Spoiler. And I'm against Eldar. And I'm really finding this challenging because the Eldar are faster than me, more maneuverable than me, and like to stay at range. <laughs> the AI does this. And I think, you know, occasionally it does make, like, you know, small cock-ups. But I think because if it played to its absolute punishing max, you just wouldn't win. Okay. Because it's Eldar. I think... Uh, well, Specifically we... Eldar and Tyranids. Because Tyranids are like a swarm... Uh, fleet, where they want to overwhelm you with numbers, but also they want to get in close and board, board the shit out of you. And then they've got like cool um, biomorphs for their ships, like they can shoot tentacles out of their mouths and pull ships closer to them, or infest them with the tentacle, um, and things like Psychic that? Scream, where they lower the morale of everyone. It's really awesome. See, the things we're doing the faction breakdowns because the, the campaign races we mentioned are Necrons, Tyranids, and the Imperium. Starting with the factions, then. Um, starting with the Tyranids. The other thing to mention about the Tyranids is all of their ships all of their ships start out cloaked. Basically invisible to the enemy. Because usually what happens is is that um outside of like an immediate range around your ships, uh the enemy ships appear as like a red floating orb on the map. So you know something's there, but you're not sure what it is. Whereas if you hide in like a gas cloud, the things are that your ships are invisible. You don't see that red blip. Tyranids are invisible all the time up until first contact. Which is really fucking awesome. However, Battlefleet also has this thing where you can shoot out sensors, which will detect every ship in a range, which your enemy will invariably hit all of your Tyranid ships with. And it's like, well, fuck it. <laughs> it was a nice thing for the deployment phase, I guess. So Tyranids really want to be up close. Uh, they're kind of a bruiser faction, Similar to the orcs, when they're they, a lot less tough. When they ram and when there's like a ship close to the mouth at the front of the Tyranid things, don't they just keep on eating it? 
yeah, so the turn is to have uh, like a front biomorph to the front of the ship. Because there's, there's basically it a mouth. Some will call it a mouth. Others <laughs> a front biomorph. <laughs> I'm putting cake in my front biomorph. <laughs> anyway. Because um, each ship, doesn't matter which race, has different slots. Uh, so they have a front slot and then slots on the side, depending on the size of the ship. So if it's very, very small, there won't be a slide, side slot or there'll be a front slot like it's one or the other. Um, then it goes like, you know, you can have all the way up to like four side slots. For big boy ships. For big boy ships, which means like huge broadside action, which is what we're about. And the Tyranids, one of their biomorphs is that they have a mouth on the front of the ship, um, which means that if they collide with something in the front arc, they don't take any damage. And normally what happens is this game is pretty punishing for colliding. Ships colliding is not a good thing unless you're prepared for it. And there are two... Sorry? Unless you're specifically going as fast as you can, basically into their side with your front. Even then, well, some ships are bad at it. Like the more see, fragile yes, things. No. Because I've had games where I've done a tactical maneuver where I haven't plowed front into side, if you will, with my ram, uh, but I've just like run alongside them mm. simply to stop them getting to something. Yeah. And that's something that's really awesome in this game is that we'll get more into this perhaps a little bit later, but you know your resources are finite. You've got to use your resources to achieve your goal. Um, and it's just, it's really awesome the way that you can force your opponent to expend resources to stop you doing something. But then you have the limitations of your own resources, and then you have to try and counter what your opponent's doing. So, for example, well, in this example, I had a good health ship protecting a weaker ship while, sh- while the weaker shields. <laughs> oh, God, the weaker ship's shields recovered. <laughs> And to stop him getting to it, I just, you know, blocked him with one of my other ships. And it worked, and I won the game. Um, <laughs> that's that's a side matter. That's just, <laughs> that's just flagrant bragging there. Uh, it was against AI. Don't worry, I'm still a, a dunce. And um, That's the Tyranids. Well, <laughs> that is sort of the Tyranids. No, the Tyranids are very, very good at boarding. The front um, of biomorph. Front of biomorphing. And... Okay, so the Imperial ships, because I'll use the Imperial as the standard here, you've got these different maneuvers that ships can perform. They can perform a full, an all-ahead full move. Basically, which a is... brief, brief thing. Most of the ships in this game, for example, the Imperium ships, they're pretty good at moving forwards, but turning is the problem. So you like turn, they turn with very large arcs. Or if they're turning on the spot, they turn very slowly. And they're sitting dark. So the Imperial ships have an all-ahead full maneuver, where they put the engines to max and spear tip straight ahead. They can steer it a little bit, but not much. It's a forwards thing. Yeah, it's designed for like ramming or escaping or engaging in a timely fashion. And then you have uh, like a rapid turn maneuver. And both of these use like a boost gauge, you know, think like generic racing game. Um, I'll be it recovers more slowly and burns more slowly because... Yeah, it's a very slow-paced game. We'll get we'll get to that later. It's, and it's not slow-paced. It's just actions of consequences. Careful. Yeah. Yeah. Deliberate game. It's a deliberate yeah. game. Um, so they have an all-ahead fall, or they can turn left or right very very quickly. They they put on like the side thrusters and do like a little spin. Very very useful. Very awesome. So the orcs, as we said earlier, they're very good at 
you know, moving forward. So they have the all ahead fold. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm just mentioning the orcs. I mentioned it earlier. They have the all ahead fold. They don't have the side turning, right? Because orcs are all about the go faster. Yeah, it's called the big red button, which I fucking love. And another thing with the Imperials is that you can do all ahead full and then stop just before you use the whole of your boost meter. Because if you run out of boost, it takes longer to recover than if you stop it just before, if that makes sense. So you never want it to completely run out. Orcs, they do not have that option. It is the big red button. It is go, 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 all the boost. (laughs) Which also means that you can end up terribly out of position by doing this with the Orcs. But it's very orky. It's very orky and it's very funny. Um, (laughs) 90% of the time. Like, the amount of times as the Orcs, I've just had a great big pile on where I've just thrown ships after ships, you know. It, it, like this poor Imperial player has been like trying to do some careful, delicate maneuvers with his cruisers, and I'm like, nah, fuck it. Here's a face full of metal. It's like three orc ships just ram into it completely <laughs> carelessly and probably detonate each other. I love playing orcs. Anyway, so Tyranids have, instead of all a head full or like sideways turning, sideways maneuvering, they have like a cool, like quick turn and then thrust in a straight line. Albeit. The turn is very quick and it's in place. And the quick thrust, like it only covers a short distance compared to like a full boost from other ships. But yeah. the big benefit is that it regenerates a lot quicker than other ships. It'll be like a, what is it, 35 second cooldown before you can do it again? Yeah. It, it, but it's also hella maneuverable. Yeah. Like you can literally jump in and then jump out if you have the, if you have the thing. Like Let me say that. It acts as ram, it acts as an escape maneuver. It's really useful. Yeah. Oh my god, is it so awesome. And the, I remember uh, the first time I was playing Tyranids, I was like, oh, I wonder how far it goes. Instantly, I slang shot one of my tiny ships into the side of a bigger ship, and it just blew up into... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the game I... just went, your light ship has died. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I nearly did that uh... when I played Tyranids for the first time. I was like, because I selected all of them, and then made them dash in the same direction, albeit... Sort of in a yeah. point between all of them, so they were sort of flying at each other. I was like, oh god. The hive mind is a genius strategy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Just that's her dream. Fuck. <laughs> Kevin. Did anyway. You say, did you just say that's the equivalent of the hive, uh, a hive mind dropping its ice cream? <laughs> no, I didn't. I said that's that's the hive mind psychic scream as it does that. Oh. Like, the the word throughout the war of another hive mind dropping it. Oh. It's like, it's like the equivalent. Like hive mind aligned sleep. Just all together. Fuck. <laughs> that's a good analogy, actually. I imagine like this giant tentacled beast with a huge mouth and just the ice cream sadly falling. <laughs> oh. I feel bad for the Tyranids now. Let them have the universe. Let them have it. They missed out on ice cream. That's or as I like to call it, Ultramar. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're trying to find. But in the grim darkness be. of the 41st millennium, there is no ice cream. Yeah, the STC of ice cream. They probably have, like, yonder milk or something, which is like a giant yak that's fed human parts. <laughs> <laughs> milk like a lizard. Anyway, <laughs> back to Battlefleet. But Buffiger... <laughs> Bufka uh, too. Bufka too. Babushka. Anyway, we have the Necrons. Is that where and we're then... going next? Like, yes. I, the, way, the, way my, the way my brain would like to handle this is we start, you know, when it comes to the race selection screen for Skirmish, if we start on the left and work our way to the right. 
I see. I I envisioned the same thing, but I don't give a fuck at this point. We've gone to right. Let, now let's go center, then left, right? Because no, we've done the, the navy. Over. We talked about the, the navy. The center's the Necrons. No, no, because we we have the Imperial Navy, which you you got all horn dogged about. Yeah. Spoke about their wonderful capacity to broadside. They're pretty good all rounders, but they're still interesting. They're not just like an average. Thing. They're heavies, though. They are definitely heavies. They're definitely heavies. There's the Adeptus Mechanicus, who are slightly different, and the Space Marines, who are a little bit more close range and gunny. They're very good at boarding as well, the Space Marines. Oh, yeah, they're also really good at boarding, because it turns out Space Marines do a lot of damage when they board. Which is very cool. Also, there was like a let's play where there was an Imperial player playing versus Tyranids, and the Imperial player boarded the chaos ship, and like the top comment was like, "That's a ballsy admiral <laughs> boarding a Tyranid ship." Like, yeah, holy shit. Anyway, so and the space yeah. room is pretty awesome because you can pick like all the different factions. Like, oh yeah. By the know. way, for all of the races in this game, there's all you can. You can there's a whole shit ton of factions as well you can pick for them. Yeah, think like your factions in the army books. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Like space wolves and stuff. like that. Um, Chaos have loads as well, which is really happy. Yeah, they, uh, oh. which me make happy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Chaos, how do Chaos play exactly? Because I've not really played with. Okay, them. Chaos in the original game, because it was Chaos, uh, Imperial Imperial Navy, Orcs, Eldar. Um, Chaos were shite mm. because Chaos were like a heavier, slower moving Eldar, but without the seventy five percent dodge chance bullshittery. Don't right. quote me on the 75%, all right? I'm upset. It was something <laughs> it bullshit. It felt like it. Yeah, it was something highly bullshitty. It stank to high heaven. They were Imber. So the Chaos were like a heavier uh, Eldar who wanted to stay at range, weren't really that happy trading with Imperial. Uh, because there's like all different types of weaponry. So they had Lance weaponry, which basically means huge mondo las cannons like on on the top of a ship powerful uh which want to stay at range accurate range damaging at range and then there's macro weapons which are like big shells heavy stuff which want to be close range and the imperial navy has more macro the chaos have more las cannons that sort of stuff energy weapons which is the same as the eldar but the big problem is is that without the maneuverability yes they were slightly tougher stats wise but because they didn't have the evasion they weren't. So they're kind of like lighter than the Imperial Navy. Only could win at a distance. Like they never should come close because the Imperial Navy would just have them then. Mm. And they were slower than the Eldar. So it basically meant versus the Imperial Navy, it was very, very dangerous. Orcs, if they just got close, you were gone. <laughs> and orcs tend to do that. Orcs do tend to do that. And then the Eldar, it's like, well, here's just a better version of yourself. Here is looking at yourself in a mirror, and it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's basically that. You I cannot would be win. Disturbed. It would be very strange. Does that mean <laughs> you would see me in the mirror? Interesting question. Yeah, like, did I just did I steal his reflection? Does he have to live with the same nightmare? I think he's in the mirror world now. That makes sense. <laughs> I think that's what that means. <laughs> Answering the real questions. So where were we? What were we talking about? But does that mean my reflection would be leading? Uh, lead Fuck it. My reflection yeah. would be leading Brad Pitt's life, but nobody's no. noticed. They just see no, no, Brad no. Pitt still. No, no, no. Because nobody sees a reflection other than the owner. <laughs> <laughs> just like shadows. <laughs> 
Okay, what, no, what are we talking about? Um, okay, so the chaos are bad. Mm. I don't know what they're like in two because I haven't really given them a chance. I also haven't given them a chance. They, at the very least, they're aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> oh yeah, they look like daggers in the night, which is just awesome. Right. Uh, yeah, the adeptus mechanicus is again a weird one because I haven't really been able to experiment too much with the game, uh, or with the game even rather. And I haven't looked up the stats as well because they feel very much just like a reskin of the Imperial Navy. They feel very, very similar, very hard hitting, slow moving. I think it's. I, I think all of these sort of Imperium and Chaos factions do feel fairly similar because they're fairly similar base ships. But then it comes to special abilities and stuff. I think Chaos feels a bit more distinct because yeah. well, it's Chaos. I haven't actually played it yet, but I'm hoping the four gods, because they are the factions of the four gods of the game, Thousand Suns, Nurgle, blah, 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 blah. I'm hoping that they have faction-specific, um, you know, bonuses. Because I remember in the original, I think it was just aesthetics, which were great. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely great. I know that the four Chaos God factions, because there's a bunch, there's, there's a few perks and, like, upgrades um, per race you can get, or per faction, per major faction. Uh, that you can get, and with the chaos, um, smaller factions. Okay, with with the level up system, you level up that entire. Say it's chaos, you level up all of chaos whenever you play chaos games. But when you play as the uh, chaos factions aligned to a certain god, they have an extra perk at the end, which only applies to them. So I'm guessing that'll be some kind of god bonus, maybe. All right, that's cool. So moving swiftly on. Yep. Necrons? Can we do Necrons now? Uh, we can do. How about we go to them, then we loop back to the Eldar, then we go to the other ones. Yeah, let's come back to them. Yeah, yeah. alright. Necrons are awesome. Necrons are fucking fantastic. However, very lacking. Because they've only basically got two types of ship. They, oh, three types of ship. They have like, they, yeah, they have very few types of ship, but what they have, what is they great. have is really well done. And the aesthetics of this game are just awesome. So one of the major ships they have is a giant croissant. Croissant. Think, um, whatever the fuck it's called. Doomsides. Doomsides, Nightsides, yeah, that sort of thing. But a big one. Only a in real space. big one. Fuck a real big one in space. enormous sized thing with a pyramid on the back of it. And many tiny pyramids housing crystals, which look like monoliths. And I'm really fucking hoping they're monoliths. Yeah. Because that would be jazzy. Okay, it's, it's, it's a big ship. It's a very big ship. Um, it can teleport, which yep, is awesome. short distances, but it can teleport, which is fucking awesome. It can also release a pulse, which destroys all tiny aircraft, things like fighters and bombers, oh, yeah, as some, well as... So some ships can send out like bombers and other fighter squadrons, that kind of thing, to try and go and harass, which you can zoom in on and see that they are like little Thunderhawk gun Thunderhawk Yeah, that's stuff, awesome. It's really awesome. Yeah, it sends out a pulse which destroys all of these and torpedoes. Mm. And the only thing that does let it down is it doesn't have a cool sound effect or animation. <laughs> because if it really went for the whole, like, dirging, <laughs> like, destroy everything around you, you'll be like, oh my god! But instead it's kind of like a weird distortion and then everything dies. I think it's because it's like... it happens every, like, minute if you're you know, hitting it. I think it's every 135 seconds if you're pressing it every time it happens. That would get tiresome quickly. It would get tiresome, but for drama's sake. Oh yeah, for, it would be, it'd be awesome. awesome. Um, 
what do the Necrons do? They don't have shields. They don't have shields. They just have a lot of health and they regenerate, which gets really fucking difficult really fucking quickly. I think so it's I... actually really scary because if a Necron ship just hides for long enough, it'll yeah, repetiful. Okay. Now, there's ways around that, like if you play the objectives, all that kind of thing. And this is a game where the objectives matter. Um, alternatively, I've been, been when I've been playing as Dark Eldar and trying to play against Necrons, I lost like half my ships to... Because they had two of these big-ass motherfuckers. Lost half my fleet to killing one, damaged the other, but they had to retreat because I was damaged. Albeit, I backed off and didn't get anything back from this other than repositioning. It's, it was regenerating in this time. The Necron ship was building up and getting stronger. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Why? It's pretty awesome. It, it really does feel awesome. Uh, to play as Necrons, you do feel like the, the Grand Destroyer reanimated. Yeah. Like, you are just... And again, they're not imbalanced because they tend to have very few ships. G-dubs, look at how Necrons are done here. Yeah. Slow, deliberate, powerful, regenerative. Um, than wildly overpriced. But it, it, the faction doesn't feel very fleshed out. Um, the ships, again, the ships look beautiful, uh, been... really awesome. Like I advise anyone to just look up the ships online. Yeah. yeah just please, look up the, You will do. not be disappointed. They're awesome. I've been meaning to play the Necron campaign because I'm interested to see how well their campaign plays out because I know they have a limited selection of ships. And I'm seeing, I want to see how they work around that. Maybe it's the case that... Um, while there is only, say, three or four types of ship, they're very customizable. Well, I mean, that's that's true across a lot of the factions. You know, you've got oh, all the true. different weapon loadouts and all the different variations, which is really awesome because you yeah. can just pick and choose what you want, basically. Like, also, I want the anyone... Sorry. As I say, before anyone gets worried, there's a whole bunch of like preset ones you can play around with as well. You don't have to go and make your complete custom fleet with every single thing customized. You can if you want to. You absolutely can. But you know, this, this game also has the scope for you can make your fleet far too complicated for you to play. Oh, absolutely! Like if you took twenty ships, all with torpedoes, to like you know a forward-moving projectile, you've got to release at the right time, which can hit your own ships, which can hit your own ships, and you can boost into your own missiles and all that sort of stuff. It's just what no, I, I've, I've played. I've played a preset that had like. 15 ships because <laughs> like all the others like you know this also this was the standard preset because there's they come each uh race or whatever has four presets which you get to um play with oh you can always make your own and so on which are like a set list of ships and usually the stand one is like six ships one of them is like yeah here's 15 it's like what <laughs> what is this and each of those ships has like three to eight different abilities yeah and speeds and positions and all that sort of stuff and yeah it's so awesome there's so much in-depth stuff as well like you can tell your ships to fire from the front if you want them to be front firing or you can command them to try and position themselves to be broadsiding you can choose the range that they engage from all this sort of stuff you can even put your ships onto like an autopilot mode where the computer would make the decisions for you based on what you told it to do which is just Stellar. It's really awesome. It means select... that you... Sorry? I was going to say, if you select an enemy ship, you can uh, say which bit of it you want your fleet to be targeting. So when your ships are firing at um, the great big chaos ship with the huge guns, you say, well, I'll target the guns. 
and all your ships will try and blow up the guns first. Give them the guns. ships have locational damage and stuff. Yeah, it's Randy. Okay, so that's what Necrons do. Eldar, as we mentioned, they're just the bullshitty, skirty, skirty, oh, fancy okay. boys. There's, there's Corsairs, which... I haven't played them or standard Eldar, but they seem very similar. I didn't know that the Corsairs were in the game. Yeah, there's Corsairs, there's Eldar, there's Dark Eldar. That's cool. I knew Dark Eldar and Eldar, yeah. I think Dark Eldar are very similar to Eldar as well, aren't they? Dark Eldar, I I, I really quite like them. Because Dark Eldar have a mechanic where they don't have shields, they have shadow fields. Which are only charged when they're moving. So okay, I think moving, that's similar to the Eldar. I, I think the Eldar have like a shield, which basically reduces damage. Whereas I think the Dark yeah. Eldar one reduces damage less, but they are invisible while they're moving. Oh, as yeah. That as is long as you maintain the them ass. to be moving, the Dark Eldar are constantly invisible. Unless they get within like a certain detection range of you. But with careful positioning, you can do a lot of really crazy fun shit. Like we had a game where it was, uh, he was playing as Orcs and I was playing as Dark Eldar. And I had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had I had a lot of fun as well. Basically, I planted two huge orc rocks, uh, which are like orc fortresses just built to asteroids. I parked them in an asteroid field so Alan couldn't see them. Yeah, I, I lost track and then of them. <laughs> I made like a defensive line from this asteroid field. And then whenever he got close, I would then like emerge outwards with the rocks. And he was like, oh, Jesus. And it was this awesome game of like, you know, this slow moving behemoth. Versus the light darting, you know, death of a thousand cuts as you try and sort of wear me down. And you did win the game. However, if it had come down to blunt force, I would have won. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, is it was, awesome. It was very interesting and very cool because we're both doing our absolute best to play around each other. Because I'm, Yeah, and I'm also glad that I lost the game in a weird way because it's very nice to see if you just play the objectives, Yeah, you know, you'll win. Which is um, how I did it, because I, I lost pretty much all my shit. I lost the vast majority of my shit down to my like my last two ships. Because uh, I tried for, mo for, like a, for a little while. I was like, you know what, I'll try and kill him. And trying to bring no, no. force the orcs doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, the orcs are awesome. The orc rocks are really awesome. They're a new addition to the game, and I'm really jazzed. They're huge, they're loud, they're dacky, and it's awesome. So Dark so Eldar, great. Dark Eldar. That's the Orcs as well. We've done the Orcs in Yeah, the... we mentioned the Orcs earlier. The Tau, Tau are bullshit. Uh, flavorsome, but bullshit. The Tau have two factions, which are basically one faction, but they have just have so much shit, they decide to divide it into two factions, really. Which is either the Tau Navy or the Tau Merchant Fleet. Yeah. The idea is... And that is means... That... Sorry. It's just gone. one of the most awesome ships is the Crute War Sphere. I love this. Just go Google it. Go Google it. It's it's so awesome just watching it roll around. It's basically a death ball in space that pretty much only works with boarding, but it's good at it. It's like a mini Death Star split slightly in half, but then collected, connected by a tube, a big one, a fat pipe, if you will. <laughs> and it's just, it's so awesome. It just spits red lasers and red lights. And I don't know if it's doing anything, but it looks cool. It, it boosts morale. It certainly does that. Yeah. 
like the, how the tower works, they tend to have a bunch of smaller ships that go off and scout and then will mark targets, which then bigger ships with long range and big guns will shoot at from a distance. Like I the think Tau versus Dark Eldar is going to be a really awesome one. Because if the Tau don't detect the Dark Eldar and the Dark Eldar can get behind the Tau or yeah. close to these... Yeah, because they are weak up close. But well, yeah, like the tower, are a lot more vulnerable. Like they, they have to rely on this kind of these tactics of sitting back and scouting and doing this at the other. But then they do have horrific firepower. They really do. And the combo we found in the short time we played, uh, we played the one v ones and then two v twos versus the AI. And uh, was it Necrons and Tower, which is just truly horrific Necrons because the Tower is scary. Yeah, the Necrons are the meaty front line that you can't kill, and then the tower just blasting you away from behind it. But even then, like it's, that seems like a broken combo, but then you're like, well, stuff like Dark Eldar could probably sneak around the Necrons. Um, so could maybe Tyranids. I also had a game where I, I was playing against the AI, I was playing as Necrons, and I had my big ships, and they have like a, their little teleport we mentioned, the short-range teleport. And the enemy just, there were no like red blips anywhere on the map, that kind of thing. So it's like, ah, it's Dark Eldar, because they do the whole invisible fleet thing. And then I managed to get within a certain range where I got some red blips. I was like, oh, okay, so I've, they're within like a certain detection range, so I know that there's something there. That's I'm nine meters, that's up. within the room. <laughs> it's like, well, if they're Dark Eldar, they're fragile. Whereas I can jump right in there, send out like the pulse wave we mentioned, and just annihilate them from close range. So with my big ships, I fucking jumped in immediately, and I forgot that the Tyranids were also people who could be invisible all the time, and it was just like five or six Tyranid ships who were suddenly found. There was a Necron ship in their mouths. In their mouths? In their frontal biomorphs. In their biomorphs. A biomorph has appeared. Yeah, and they they had ten men for breakfast. They did. I lost that game. Gameplay-wise, gameplay-wise, this thing is an absolute blast. I have a lot of fun. Uh, I would definitely recommend to get a friend to also play it because the campaign is co-op. It not apparently it's not quite that functional at the minute with two people it's, doing it. I don't think it's it, it's not that it doesn't work. It's that they've basically said um, there's got some issues, and by the end of the month, we're really going to have it all hammered out. War hammered out. <laughs> God. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't jump on board till they do do that. If you're planning on playing it with a friend, if you want to play it solo, I would say yes. It's about thirty-five pounds, which is quite dear. Um, it is, but I'd say it's worth it because it is like how many races? Yeah, I mean this this one feels much more like a fully fleshed out game in terms of races than the the other one. I mean, I still want to see more shenanigans. Uh, I still want to see more like um, you know spaceport attacks and using these giant ships. Like in in the intro, you use um, Phalanx, which is the Imperial ship, fortress, monastery slash space station, and you fight a black fortress, and it's fucking awesome. It's really fucking awesome. I, I want to see that in skirmish throughout. games. Fucking turgid, solid as a rock, and um, I'd love to see that in skirmish games. Like they have Phalanx, but then. They're, yeah, they are working like, on adding that. Um, yeah. Because there's, there's an additional campaign coming soon, and they're going to be adding in um, the special named ships into Skirmish somehow. Yeah, I think this is like Reboot Gilliman's ship, Abaddon's yeah. ship. 
Like, which is awesome. I really want those things in the game because even I though I hate Reboot Gilliman, I want the ship in the game. I want to see the uh, what the net uh, what the Tyranids get. What kind of legendary biomorphs? <laughs> it's just old one eye. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> literally about to say it's old one eye in space. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> he died. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but that's not how it works. <laughs> it's eight hundred points worth. Dead. Uh, I really want it to go bigger as well. I want to have six v sixes because they're going to be insane. I don't think it's ever going to get that big because yeah. the game does chug a little bit performance wise. I think it's fine when you're in game, but when it has the opening sweeping cinematics, it definitely chugs on my computer. My computer, you know, it's not a, a monster, but it's but certainly it's, not. See, it's like a I good gaming PC. Good I gaming. I haven't PC. had issues on with it. Yeah, because yours, yours is like a Mondo PC. Alan's PC is like a PC that's had a Big Mac jammed into its fan. It's just, it's Every that big. Every day for the past how many years. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's, yeah, you won't get any problems. Other people might have problems yeah. saying you get to a 6v6. But just imagine the gameplay if it was a 6v6. There'd be like torpedoes going everywhere, people ramming the ship. You know like, what it would be. It would be five it, people trying to play the game and then someone playing Dark Elder. <laughs> someone like me just <laughs> completely ruining it. <laughs> no, no I, I imagine what would happen most games is there'd be like a big metal death ball in the yeah. middle and then like a few players would be skirmishing around the outside of the death ball. But like it would just get completely jammed up in the mid. <laughs> But yeah, good God, I love this game. Uh, I'm really excited to play more of it. I've only played about six, seven hours. Um, but I feel like there's a lot more gameplay to come. And I normally gauge games on one pound, one English pound, for every hour I'm going to play it. And I consider that good value for money, which I think is pretty harsh, if you think about it. Like If you go to see a film, it's like 10 pounds to see a film for an hour and a half. So a game, one pound an hour, I think is fair. I think if you're looking for you know a really good value game, one pound per hour, yes. Yeah, and I think I'm going to get that out of uh, Bufka. Bufka too, you mean? Now, let's talk about the criticisms. Some of the criticisms are, number one, there's not enough game modes. Like, there's, there's Annihilation, where you just fight. There's Capture the Points... Which is the way you should be playing it. Which is the way you should be playing it. And that's pretty much it. And the and campaign. I, and the campaign. But I do and agree that... And campaign. And co campaign. And 2v2. And 2v2. But the, the 2v2 is still the objectives or the annihilation. Yeah. yeah. And I really want to see them throw in a bit more stuff. Like, imagine a game like a convoy mode. Because that was in the original game. You had to protect like these convoy ships. Yeah. Let's put that in the second one. That would be a lot of fun. I'd love to play that, like, against you, and I've got to protect these ships and try and, like, you know, fake it out by pretending to be the convoy ship, and then it's actually, like, an escort or something, and, you know, cool stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, more deception, more gameplay would be very nice. Uh, as it is, as it stands, it's a bit slim gameplay-wise, but it's solid. Like, you're going to have a mad grin on your face while you smash stuff around and you know, torture people by staying too far away and hitting them with very powerful lasers or just getting balls deep in their biomorph. <laughs> Which yeah, is how I'm going to be doing it. Your frontal biomorph. Prepare for boarding in the front of biomorph. 
The other gameplay issue that people have come up with is that the game is too slow. First of all, have they tried playing a tabletop game? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean a match is, game done is in like, five minutes? Yeah, this game is like ten minutes. Five minutes? Ten minutes? Yeah, I don't five, know. Ten five, minutes. five, ten minutes. I We played a game of Warhammer for eight hours <laughs> the other week. Which yeah. is mad. Yeah. Maybe too long. The other thing as well is that, yes, okay, it is slow in the way that the ships move. But as we said before, it's very deliberate. So if you've got a massive, great Emperor-class battleship, but you moved it to the wrong part of the map, it's not going to get to the right place quick enough. It's you know, mostly, if, if... It's mainly because things have consequences. And what's, if they're complaining, it, it, it's mainly when it comes down to like the positioning. In that, when you move in the wrong way, it's a mistake that will cost you a lot of time. In that, oh, I've, I've buggered off this way, I need to turn all the way around. That is going to take time. A, because that's how the game is designed to work. And B, it's just thematically appropriate. They could play a different faction. And I bet these people haven't played other factions. I bet they haven't played someone like Eldar or Dark Eldar, who are a lot more manoeuvrable and a lot quicker. I would also like to say, if you sped up the gameplay at all... It would be completely unmanageable. It would be so unmanageable. Like At the speed it is at the minute, you're going to forget abilities, you're going to forget about ships. You know, There's always going to be like a, a ship lying, waiting <laughs> on the periphery of the battle, where you're really close to winning, and like, God, if I just have one more ship... And then you see, after all your ships are dead, there's this one guy waiting. Fuck. Yeah. If it was any quicker, it would be completely unmanageable. Um, and something that is really awesome about the game is that it can go either way it can be like a really quick one-sided trouncing which does happen but often that's because you know you've you've played the other player wrong you've so let's say teleported your necrons uh, your two flagships straight into the, the whole of their fleet, of fleet. <laughs> yeah you, you do something like that and you lose instantly but it also has that really cool element of um you know, sometimes the battles go long. And I would say they go just long enough. Yeah. Because it can get to the point where, you know, someone's got a faster ship than you, you can just kite around for six minutes flat and you never get close to them. This is why I'd say play the objective mode. Because whenever we played the objective mode, there's never a situation where it's like, ah, oh, damn, if only I had like two more minutes in that game before the objective, somebody won from objective points. No, no, points tend to matter. Just about, just about the point where it's, okay, they have a faster ship than I do, which doesn't do much damage, but I have a slow, very tanky ship. This will just go on for fucking ever. It's about then where the points resolve matters and go, okay, but somebody got this many more points in the game ends. Yeah. So play the point mode, damn it. So when it's Orcs versus Dark Elder, there's no way that I can get more objectives than you if I have the same or less ships. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to be able to win that, and it's good that the game just ends. Um, but other times it can be very, very close. You've got two ships limping along and it's very much in the balance and then it eventually ends, which is also very cool and very fun. The game is also, like as we said earlier, it's very, very punishing. And I'm one of these people that loves to play the game and not lose anything. I hate like losing things. I hate losing assets that I'm building. Uh, I'm very much a turtle player. <laughs> In any game I play, I'm always the turtle. 
Someone say bad at the game. Others. <laughs> um, I wear that badge with pride. And you cannot save every ship. And in previous years, I would actually finish a level in a game. And if I made a mistake or if I lost something, I would reload the whole level and do it all again. Just so I didn't lose that thing. That's I don't know why that's just one of my <laughs> my strange ticks from playing a game. This game you cannot save every ship. Ships have to be expendable, and I really love that because it does emphasize the desperation of the times. You know, it also you couldn't be fighting the Black Fleet of Abaddon the Despoiler and just not losing anything. <laughs> it also saves you time from restarting the levels again and again. It does save me time. It does. I'm whizzing through, which is great. <laughs> But yeah, on on a scale of Brothers Grimdark recommendation from Ding to Dong. This is what Dong. is this game? This is uh, this is Dong. This is Dong. I'd say it's Dong. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy it. I would say I would say it's Dong, <laughs> but there's a hesitation because there's a little bit of Ding in it as well. <laughs> I think that Ding is a sort of a personal Ding. Basically, it's, it's, I, it's a concern. It's a concern. I think as the game is now thirty-five quid, all the factions. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on then. If it's on sale, yes, definitely. Yeah, pick it up. And if you hate it, write that in your review that the Brothers Grim Dark are responsible. We'll, we'll take the uh, we'll take the publicity. You know, <laughs> any publicity we can reviews, negative reviews of games that you shouldn't have bought because you hate them. <laughs> you know to our true fans, I say this: any game you don't like, go review Bollet. And say it's because of us. Okay. To everyone that just heard that message, do not do that. Do not. <laughs> These people are young and impressionable. I... <sighs> I'm joking. Anyway. I'm joking. Anyway. I believe that is everything we wanted to That's say. That's a summation. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. There's more regular 40k stuff to come. Don't worry, we haven't gone Dark Elder. Yeah, we'll, we'll be just... moving back to them. Both of us are extremely busy now at like alternating times as well. So I am massively busy from early morning till like evening. And I'm busy um, in the evenings. And you're busy in the evenings. And it's very, very difficult to fit it in. We are still dedicated. We still want to do it. We're very, very excited to do more stuff. Um, there's like so much stuff happens as well, like little things that people pick up on in the lore that I yeah. want to discuss. But... You know, the Gene Steeler Codex come out. Yes. Yeah, that that's something which snuck up on me. There's just like a bat rep which suddenly appeared saying like, oh yeah, the uh, gene stealer thing. It's like, what? Yeah, I think that's that's a weird thing as well. When we take time on the podcast, when we aren't doing it, I find like my whole hobby knowledge like slides a little bit. There's like a month where it's like black zone. <laughs> what? <It's> like... <laughs> what? <laughs> dead zone. Dead, dead space? I don't know. <laughs> I might get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but anyway, um, like the latest the White Dwarf. Hang on. The latest White Dwarf is like 60% Age of Sigma. Like, the more the years go on, the more that White Dwarf is just becoming about Age of Sigma. And I can not be reading it. <laughs> me not get reading this it. shit out of my book. Like, don't get, again, I'm not bashing on Age of Sigma. I'm not bashing on it. It's just personally not for me. Like, for example, if you had a 40k magazine and halfway through, there was really aggressive midget porn. <laughs> and, and you're not into that. You know, you wouldn't stick around on the pages too long. 
you know, long enough, but then you just <laughs> get an eyeful and then trundle along. You know, it's the same thing for Age of Sigma with me. Like, I'm not going to read an article about the Uger Booger drum smacker build a swagon. Now and you again, know. you see a model and go, that's a well made model. And then but they always have stupid names, though. They're really stupid names, like Herbal Gee Gum Gim. You know, for a dwarf. Hang on. What was wrong with Angron's Agul? Uh, I don't know. No, no, I think maybe, maybe you should <laughs> leave that one for a sec. I'll leave that one. It's too late in the day for me. I can't be. I can't be doing that. So anyway, what is happening in the next episode? Because it may not be next week. Uh, I do apologize for that. Yeah. I we, will... we would love it to happen next week. We'd love it to be there next week, between yeah. Friday or Sunday. We'd love that to happen. It's just, it may not. Actually, no, next week might be all right, because this weekend I've been working. Like next weekend I won't be. Next weekend I will be, so weekend after. So I might. Right. we might be able to sneak it in. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Dark Elder again. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. This, this is a one-time deal. This time cash grab. <laughs> Cash grab. Payday <laughs> loan. Yeah, we'd like to thank Battle <laughs> Gothic for sponsoring this episode. Oh, I wish. I wish. Bring it from the Battle of Lost Souls. Goodbye! <laughs>